0: I'm reading from Romans 10, 5 through 21. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on Torah. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will go up into heaven? That is, to bring Messiah down. Or, who will go down into the abyss? That is, to bring Messiah up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart that is, the word of faith that we are proclaiming. For if you confess with your mouth that Yeshua is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart it is believed for righteousness, and with the mouth it is confessed for salvation. For the scripture says, whoever trusts in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, richly generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls upon the name of Adonai shall be saved. How then shall they call on the one in whom they have not trusted? And how shall they trust in the one they have not heard of? And how shall they hear without someone proclaiming? And how shall they proclaim unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim good news of good things. But not all heeded the good news. For Isaiah says, Adonai, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Messiah. But I say, have they never heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. With a nation empty of understanding, I will vex you. And Isaiah is so bold as to say, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became visible to those who did not ask for me. But about Israel, he says, all day long I stretched forth my hands to a disobedient and contrary people.
1: Thank you, Kaylee. We're about halfway or so, God willing, and the creek doesn't rise, etc., through um, Romans chapters 9 through 11. And it dawned on me that this is a fairly meaty and uh, somewhat challenging part of Scripture. And I know, Shabbat we talked about the righteousness that comes by law versus righteousness that comes by faith, and um, I realize that's not real simple for us to get our arms around And so I wanted to illustrate it by a somewhat personal story. Um, Back in the dim and distant ages when the dinosaurs were still roaming, um, I belonged to a club, high school club called High BA, High School Born Againers. Um, These were wonderful folks. And and I I have some good memories um, of the the leader. But uh, to some extent, I think they had taken the notion of Jewish guilt and perfected it. Um, And uh, we were shown um, movies with stirring music, and we were encouraged uh, to do everything, anything and everything possible to share Yeshua with our friends in high school, including uh, take a Bible to school and have a cover and all kinds of other miscellaneous gimmicks. Uh, and just to give it a little bit of perspective, this was during the crazy 60s uh, in New York City, um, when everybody else was involved in anti war protest, and uh you think that denver the Colorado is the first part of this country to have uh, been promoting uh cannabis. I have news for you <laughs> uh that existed in New York City when I was in high school, and uh so part of the picture for me was. Dealing with all of that as a young person, and as you might imagine, at some point, I said, "Uh, no thank you. Uh, I'm not referring to the cannabis, of course. That was always a (laughs) non-issue. But to the notion of having to feel like you are uh, tweaked and, I hate to say the word manipulated because God knows a person's motives, but... Uh, to feel as if you you have to crank up the lizzie in order to be able to share the good news which, according to, as I've come to know and understand, at some point, um, needs to flow, to be an overflow of who it is that we are. Um, And so back to the notion of righteousness that is by law, um, there's on one hand, on the other hand, perspective on that. Uh, Whenever we choose to obey God, there's blessing in obedience. That has not changed. Never has changed. Never will change. Uh, The notion of law being something that was there only during the times of the uh, Tanakh the Old Testament um, is really nonsense frankly because uh, as you may have heard me say from time to time there's somewhere about a thousand or so commandments in the New Covenant in the New Testament so the notion that God no longer cares about the law, the Torah and by the way remember the Torah means instruction God's instruction for living, which we all need, um, is still very much there. And Paul talks about the righteousness that comes by faith. And again, it's good for us to remember that faith was the only way, has always been the only way by which we approach God. Unfortunately, part of the picture that we often get is the notion that in order for us to please God, we have to engage in these superhuman efforts in order to accomplish uh, the things God has for us. And at some point, you get it, and you say, I'm done. I'm done. Not that you don't want to please God. I hope everybody here, to one extent or another, has that desire. But our ability, folks, to honor and to please God has to be based on a two-way street. Somehow God makes an impact in our life and we respond and we acknowledge Him and He does all kinds of awesome things in our life. And folks, I'll tell you, I'm grieved sometimes when I talk to fellow believers who are convinced that they have to work extra hard in order to please God. It grieves me because it speaks of a basic reality which means the individual does not have a a basic understanding of the love of the Father. And this, for me at least, has been a defining issue what grounds and anchors me is the fact that the Father our Heavenly Father has poured out His love that you and I should be called sons and daughters of God. Without that, we are all over the map because our identity changes from, from day to day, from thing to thing, depending on, on how good we feel about ourselves or how lousy we feel about ourselves. And so somehow in the midst of, of that, um, we are encouraged to reach out to the Lord in simple childlike faith and say, here I am. You know me. You understand me. Uh, you've got all kinds of wonderful uh, radiographic equipment that view right through me, PET scans and, and, and uh, et cetera. We can't snow God. And sometimes we have this foolish notion that, as if we can And we just simply stand before God and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. You know me well. Uh, As Psalm 139 tells us, you know, when I sit, when I stand, you know my thoughts before I even think those thoughts. And that, folks, is hugely important because sometimes all kinds of goofy thoughts enter into our brain. We have no clue where they came from. Well, sometimes we know where they came from. They came from the kingdom of darkness, and we try desperately to shut them off and take them captive and so on and so forth. I have news for you. Sometimes we succeed, sometimes we fail. At the end of the day, that does not change how our Heavenly Father views us. That's a basic, basic, basic reality, folks, without which... Everything that we do is always up and down, side to side. That, to me, is the righteousness that comes by faith. It's a simple reality that, yes, we're committed to engage in the righteousness by law, by the Torah, God's instruction. He gives us commandments, and we say, yes, God, I want to follow you. I'm not stupid, not completely, anyways. The Commandments you give me are, are good, uh, as in Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 19 and Psalm 119, your instructions make me wiser, and I want that. However, what defines us is the righteousness that is by faith. Because we know who the Lord is, we know who we are, we are secure. We are secure. In our identity. And and this is something I just want to toss out this morning. Before we move on. If you are not secure. In in who you are as a son and daughter of God. Then everything else you do in life really doesn't amount to spit. Because there are times when you're successful. And you're on top of the world. There are times you feel like a failure. Failure. And if your identity and your security is based on that, you are really in sad shape. Righteousness by faith. The simple notion that what we have comes to us from the pipeline for our Heavenly Father and the recognition that Yeshua died, rose again, and... And is currently at work in our life. This is something often that that believers think about Yeshua that in terms of past and future. He came, died, rose again in the past. At some point he will come. And at this point, I have no clue where he is, what he's doing. He is maybe in the Bahamas somewhere. We don't understand the fact that Yeshua is currently at work. He is able to redeem fully and completely. Do you understand what that means? That means that, as was mentioned earlier today, the notion of healing, that Messiah is continually at work to promote that in our life. And I don't know about anybody else, I certainly want and need that. Because all of us coming to this world and coming to life with a whole bunch of packages that we carry around and we think it's completely normal. And the Word of God says to us that Yeshua came to set us free that the baggage that we carry is not what he wants us to carry. The scripture, again, this is all part of the righteousness that is by faith. Yeshua says to us, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And our inclination is to say, okay, Lord, that's very nice. It's in a good book. Um, I don't believe it. Because the yoke that I'm carrying currently is about to kill me. Well, if, if it is, if that's the case, you're carrying a yoke that has not been put there by the Lord. Remember that the yoke was designed for two, two animals. And if this yoke is Yeshua's yoke, if he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, come... Take my yoke upon you. What does that mean? It means that He is currently in the yoke and He invites us to come and come alongside of Him and be part of what it is that He's doing. We, of all people, should be a sign and a bright sign to those around us in this whacked-out world that we have security and we have basic shalom because of the Lord's presence in our life. I want to pick up in verse 8 of this chapter. What does the Word say? The Word is near you. It is in your mouth and your heart. That is the Word of faith. We're proclaiming that if you confess with your mouth Yeshua is Lord... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, what does this little word confess mean? Well, we usually think of confession in terms of mia culpa, mia culpa, mia maxima culpa. Uh, that's not Hebrew. <laughs> Confessing of sin. Okay, Lord, I blew it. Forgive me. And that's part of it. However, the Hebrew word for confess, yada, different word than yada for know, means to make a statement, not so much about who we are, but about who God is. It's a simple word that means to state who God is. In other words, to praise him and to acknowledge who he is. And what Paul is saying here in, in this chapter is that the entrance ramp to coming to the kingdom of God is two things. First of all, a change of heart. I, I think, I know, I believe that most of us understand that because Scripture says over and over and over and over and over again that what God is looking for is, first of all, the heart. Guard the heart from, because from it come the issues of life. In other words, uh, what's in here, in your heart, will determine um, your thoughts, your words, your actions. That was from Proverbs and so yes, absolutely, our hearts determine our relationship with the Lord. And sometimes that's a, a real battle, because there are days when we get up and we're not feeling real grand. We didn't sleep well, or uh, the day before had a fight with somebody, and not that anybody here has fights. But we tend to be grumpy towards the Lord. Not grumpy in the sense of complaining. By the way, remember that complaining is biblical. It's okay. God can handle complaining. Complaining means that we simply say, God, I don't like what's going on. Well, Scripture is full of complaints, especially the Psalms. And Yeshua himself complained. Did you know that? Eli, Eli, lama My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's a serious complaint. The issue is not complaint. The issue is murmuring when we look at God and say, God, you have nothing better to do than to punish me and to make sure I'm not having a good time. That's what the children of Israel did. In the desert, wasn't so much that God had a problem with them saying, "The water is bad and and the uh, menu is a little limited. <laughs> God can handle that. He can handle our honesty, where things where we cross the line is where we begin to say, "God, you really don't care about me." you don't have the power and the means to effect changes in my life that's murmuring folks that's believing lies about who god is that's a problem and so guarding the heart is a major issue for us because that's is a basic requirement for us to come into the kingdom of god initially and to grow in our relationship with God, to guard our hearts. And secondly, it speaks here in in this verse about the verbal role in, in our life. And you say, Why is it so important to speak? Simply because what's in the heart has to come forth. Yeshua said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in the heart will come forth in one form or another. It will leak. Even when we try to put a nice face on it, what's in here will come forth. And if there is the love relationship by faith between us and our Heavenly Father, then we will confess who is the Lord. We will confess, i.e. we will make a statement, first of all, to ourselves, to anybody around us, and particularly for those who don't know Yeshua, and who need to know, not that it is our job to fix them and to make them believe, obviously that's not possible, but our Responsibility is to speak. Remember what Yeshua said if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Heavenly Father. Those are strong words. Now, there's obviously situations where you have people who are believers, who have a relationship with God, who are so called silent believers. Um, we lived in Israel to some extent, as silent believers when I I was a child. But at least our family, our unbelieving family, knew who we were. Sooner or later, there has to be an expression, a verbal expression of what God is doing in us. It will come forth. To put it this way, um, when we are satisfied customers, do we keep it to ourselves? You know, if if you've gone somewhere and you got this awesome deal where you got this great bargain, uh, do you keep it to yourself or do you go, hey, you know, I went here and I got such a good deal, let me tell you about it? That is to some extent what we are expected. God isn't expecting us to say something that's not real. What's inside of us will come forth. Either we have a growing faith-based love relationship with the Lord, in which case it will come forth. And and yes, you can be full of guilt and say, you know, I... I wish I would open my mouth and say something. Well, remember it always begins with the heart. It always begins with the heart. If you're a satisfied customer, what's in you will come forth and people will hear. And no, you don't need gimmicks. You don't need someone to motivate you through guilt. You simply need to say, you know, Lord, I want to grow in grace and knowledge of you. Then a year from now, I want to be farther in my relationship with you. I want to be more mature spiritually. I want to be closer to you. I I, I want to know more about who you are than I was back here simple basic kind of a desire on our part God doesn't expect us to have everything worked out to have a five year plan just a simple desire on our part that I want to be more like the Lord I want to be more like Yeshua and what that means also is that where we are not we're willing to give him the key to different parts of our life that are not where they need to be. I know I just crossed the line from preaching to meddling. I understand that. But folks, this is something that is so childlike and we don't get it because we have this notion of I will maintain control why because we have this silly notion that if we maintain control everything will be fine is it and part of the picture uh, the word of God here speaks about uh, owning up in the heart and, and confessing Yeshua as Lord what, what happens then we are saved quote unquote What does the word saved mean? It's obviously not a uh, fire insurance policy. Nor is it something uh, merely that's in the future. It is today, folks. It is today. Salvation is an ongoing progressive process that takes place in our life. To the extent that we say, Lord... Please come and take control of this area. The Lord comes and takes control of this area and and he brings about redemption and cleansing and healing and restoration. Then he knocks on the door and says, over here, this area is way out of whack because you are the one who is in control and we wrestled with God, we wrestled with God, we wrestled with God. And we eventually say, okay, God, you know best. Father knows best. And we verbalize that. And we give him control. And we experience the another measure of salvation in our life. And the result is, it doesn't stay with us. It comes forth. It comes forth to people around us. Not because we have this guilt, you know, this 800-pound gorilla guilt on us that says, i got to talk to X number of people today. But because as God does his work in us, it comes forth out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. And that is a major part of what the Lord has designed us for, folks. Each of us is an ambassador a representative of God in the different situations where God has brought us into. Do you know that you're an ambassador? Nah. Everybody else is. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Well, I don't know about beautiful feet. I'm sure you know what that is referring to. It's referring to not gorgeous, pretty feet. It's referring to feet that are very welcome. Okay, you look at me as if I'm a little mishoggy. Remember the, the picture, the metaphor, is from people who were in the city, who were surrounded, who are waiting to hear good news. Did the battle go well, or did their team lose, the, their army lose, and the enemy is about to approach? And then comes the messenger who says to them, No, we are safe. And that's what the word of God means by saying, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This, is, of course, comes from Isaiah chapter 52, who proclaims salvation to say to Zion, Your God reigns. God has redeemed. His people. Now for each one of these simple instructions in the Word of God, I know that we each one of us has at least two, three dozen reasons why we should not be doing them. Sort of like Moses. God comes to Moses and says, Moses, I have a message for you. You need to go and tell the people. What's Moses' response? He does this. Yes, God, I've been waiting for 40 years. What's his instinctive response? Nobody will listen to me. If I open my mouth, they'll think I'm stupid. Well, been there, done that. And God says, I will take care of that. Then Moses says, God... um, I can't talk worth worth a darn. You know, I'm not, I'm not articulate like Scott over there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and God says, what does God say to Moses? No problem, I'll, I'll bring your brother along. And then finally, what's Moses' response? Now we get down to the heart of the matter. God, I, I, no thank you. I'm really not interested in that assignment. Send somebody else already. Do you ever feel that way? You know, you open your mouth, hopefully by the instruction, and empowering of the Spirit of God, and the person looks at you as if you're a little meshuggie. lots and lots of people in our society folks as you i'm sure you know think that a basic commitment to god is unintelligent to say the least and we are insecure we're f- afraid of opening our mouth and saying and what is god's response to us get yourself off the screen you're not the issue You're not the issue. Work on the relationship and what needs to come out will come out. And again, part of what the Word of God is saying is unless people hear, they do not have a chance to embrace the Lord and experience salvation, experience eternal life. And yet we are so self-consumed by who we are that we are oblivious to who God is and we're oblivious to who the person next to us who, who needs to hear about the good news. And somehow it has to come out, folks. Whether it's the wonderful presentation of the fact that Yeshua died and rose again, etc., etc. Or whether it's something that is kind of a preamble, or prelude to that. Just something that that reflects who you are in your relationship with God. That that states to the person who is listening, you know, there's an alternative. There's an alternative. I don't need to live life in a way that is hopeless and all the Lord wants folks is simply our willingness to say God I'm available that as we begin a day we say God here I am you know little old me I'm available put your word in my mouth Anoint me with your spirit. Give me the necessary tools. It's all you. I'm just available. I don't want people to see me necessarily. I just want people to see you through me. Give me those divine appointments. And you take those baby steps, folks. Baby steps. God hasn't called you to be some ginormous evangelist that gets on the stage and and shares with a zillion people. He just wants you to be faithful because he's faithful. Faithful meaning to be available to do what it is he has in mind in each and every particular situation. And the reality is, folks, we're all fellow strugglers. None of us can stand up and say, you know... Every single day this week, I opened my mouth and what came out were pearls of wisdom all about Yeshua. Right? And yes, we blow it. However, remember, our goal is to press forward, to press towards what it is that God has prepared for us. What it is that, are you listening? What God Has prepared for us. And furthermore, what God has prepared for us. Not your five year plan or your strategy of how you're going to fix things. What God has prepared. And as you do that, what's going to come forth is not all about you, all about God. And sometimes the way it happens, folks, is unexpected. I'll just close with another personal story. Some of you know that I was diagnosed with melanoma a number of years ago. And every so often I need to go and see the doc, and he comes with his uh, glass, magnifying glass and looks at all the bizarre places on my person and uh, occasionally finds something that is unfriendly, which means that he has to come and use snips and uh takes off a, a portion and that's what happened this week so please be merciful and uh gentle when you give me a hug today if you choose to do so and we we're, we're, we're talking you know this this fellow and I have developed a rapport and we talk with Josh and I simply said to him you know I have confidence First of all, in the Almighty and secondly, in you. And he said, uh, "I like to see that reversed." <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, me and then secondly, in the Almighty." I said, "No, doc, that doesn't work that way." And of course, you know, in, in these kinds of situations, people use the C word, you know, cancer. And you live long enough, you realize, you know, every day is given to you as a gift from God. I know you young people look at me as if I'm, I'm a little meshugi. Um But each and every day, folks, has been given to us as an opportunity to invest our life in the service of the kingdom of God. Good, bad, or ugly, that's part of the righteousness by faith. We simply take, get up in the morning, put one foot forward in front of the other, and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. I want to see your kingdom expand. I want to be available. I want to confess you before people. Yada, praise. As you give me utterance. In other words, as you kind of lubricate my my speaking ability and then you step back and say wow God that was very cool because it's not about you it's all about him that's what we've been called to live yes we do the righteousness by law by the Torah obeying his commandments but we're first of all seek to develop a love relationship with him by faith because we know who he is, who we are in him. Let's pray. We thank you, Abba Father, that you know us intimately. We can't present a facade to you or to anybody else. We bless you, Lord God, that you love us with an everlasting love. We thank you, Lord God, that you have called us to be your servants in any and all environments. We thank you, Lord, for the joy of being your representatives, your ambassadors, Lord, to this hurting, broken, messed up, confused, hopeless society around us. We thank you, Lord, for the hope that you've given us. I pray, Lord God, for each one of us that you would bring us into alignment with your will and your purposes for our life. That we would honor you, Lord, first of all, with our heart attitude and with our mouth and with our actions, Lord God, that each and every day your kingdom will advance in and through our lives. We pray that you would receive much honor and glory the name of Yeshua the Messiah a man